Well, hello everyone. It's Friday, July 2nd, 2021. This is episode five of the Sport Fanatics podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Jay Mike. Today we're talking about some NHL, NBA, college baseball, wrapping that up. But for now, let's play that theme song. Let's get it started in here. All right, well, that wasn't quite the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where do you want to start today? Let's start the show with some NHL. All right, that'll work. If you don't mind, good sir. The Lightnings defeated the Canadians 3-1 to one to take a 2-0 series lead in the Stanley Cup Final been pretty decisive so far both games it it has and tampa bay they play outstanding on their on their home ice of course and they have proven it so far in these first two games of the stanley cup final the other night andre palat of the tampa bay lightning he put the game away when edmondson of the Montreal Canadiens, he tried to do a backwards pass to a teammate behind the Canadiens' net, which is a no-no. Palat got in front of the pass, and he shot the puck off of Canadian goalie Price's skate to make it 3-1 to one with 4.18 left to go in the third period. Blake Coleman also scored a goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. When he extended his stick as he and a Canadian defender, it looked like they were they were going at the puck at the same time, but credit Coleman for just getting his stick and extending it just a little bit further mm-hmm. and he's able to uh to to slap it enough to to score. Well, and there was a lot of scoring in that second period. There, that was oh when, no doubt. That was when most of the scoring was right. and, until and the that, end, and that that was really the exciting part of the game. Because, and I'm I'm, I'm fixing to I'm fixing to go into Montreal's struggles here, offensively. But there, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. which is something that you certainly didn't see in Game One. The light, no. the lightning controlled game one from start to finish. Montreal struggled offensively. Yeah, did Montreal didn't even get a goal, did they, in the first game? They did. Oh, they got they one? Okay. They only got one, though, okay, in a five-to-one right. five loss that's to the, right. to they, the Lightning. They did get one, okay. But the Lightning com- completely dominated game one. I remember, the, sure. I remember the Lightning had five. Yes, yes, it was five-to-one in game one. But back to this game, too. That that Blake Coleman goal that I just touched on, that was a that was a buzzer beater goal that went under the goalie price right before intermission. Let's see, Anthony Cirilli also scored 
a goal for Tampa Bay as well. Nick Suzuki scores the only goal for the Canadians off of a faceoff that came at 9:24 in the second period, which tied the game up at that point in the ball game and that point of the game, I should say. Yeah, at that point, you're thinking maybe this will be a a good close game. Oh yeah, I, I was expecting it to be close in in game two. Now the scoring was closer, but still Tampa Bay still really doing a great job of, well, of, of, of holding this Canadians team at, at at bay. And just from there, you sort of expect Tampa Bay to be the stronger team here. Yes, because this is their second straight Stanley Cup final, and they won it all the previous season. So, I mean, they're, they're no strangers here. They've been here. And Montreal sat just above 500 yes. for the season. They're, yes. they're definitely the underdog coming into this. No question about it. Now, they, they have had an outstanding run in these Stanley Cup playoffs. But right now, right now they've run into a buzzsaw because, let me tell you, Andre Vasilevsky, 42 saves in game two. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he has been incredible. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, he has made these Montreal Canadiens really work to beat him, beat him and this Tampa Bay team for sure. Oh yeah, and when you're when you're scoring as much as you are, I I mean that many saves is just ridiculous. There's there's almost nothing Montreal can. Yes, this guy feel kind of hopeless. I mean I'm sure that you know they've got to keep their spirits up and, and they can't let any hopelessness sink in but that that's a rough feeling it is and not only is Vasilevsky really helping his team out in that category you know keeping Montreal off the scoreboard but as we've seen as we've seen in, in these in these first two games of the Stanley Cup final Montreal not I mean give give Vas- Vasilevsky credit no doubt but we know coming into this Stanley Cup final Montreal is 11 and 0 in the Stanley Cup playoffs when scoring two or more goals they have only scored a combined two goals yeah so far you know one in one in game 1 and one in game 2 so Vasilevsky knew coming into this thing, do not let, do not allow the Canadians to score two or more. Yeah, well, and even if because they're unbeatable, and even if your offense isn't clicking as much as Tampa Bay's is, it's still hard to. It's hard to win if if you're only getting one goal, even without yes. Tampa Bay scoring as much as they have so for for montreal it's just uh imperative that they find some way oh yeah to to get past him oh yeah and 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 the the two two out of the three goals the other night for tampa bay were these fluke lucky goals like i talked about the blake coleman goal where he where he extends his, his his hockey stick just beats the defender to the puck and slaps it in for a goal right before intermission. And then the I I have no idea what Edmondson was thinking with that 
that backwards pat trying to do a backwards pass to a teammate under his own net. And Palat Palat makes a great read on it. I mean, gets to it ju- just in time and shoots it off of the goalie Price's skate to put the game away in game two. So two really lucky and fluke goals for Tampa Bay. But Montreal, as we just touched on, they're struggling to get it get it going offensively. But in game two, they had so many opportunities. Well, and that, I was just about to, to say to, to to start to get something going. And just just credit Vasilevsky again. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, that's that's a part of Because in game champ- one in game one it wasn't happening for him. Well, that's a part of championship play is taking advantage of whatever uh, opportunities you get. So when those flukes come along, like you're mentioning, yes. uh-huh. you have to take advantage of those. And it sounds like Tampa Bay is the one taking care of business with they that. Are. And Montreal just hasn't had the same fortune to be able to, to do that. Oh, yeah. and But they, they definitely had their fair share of opportunities in game two. Still... <laughs> Still having a hard time trying to trying to score with 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 Andre Vasilevsky mm-hmm. yeah. being under the goal for Tampa Bay. Well, that's but, when it's so frustrating too when you have the opportunities and you see them coming. Yeah, but you you yeah. you're just not coming through. You're you're not you're not uh, closing in on those uh, on those chances. Oh yeah, so frustrating. Yeah, and I know I know Vasilevsky had a dominant game too for Tampa Bay, but in game one, I thought he was even more impressive because him him and the Tampa Bay defense was really impressive to me because Montreal, for extended extended amount of time in that game one, seemed they could not take the puck up the ice very much. And of course, they made adjustments in Game Two, but just could just couldn't find just couldn't find a way to to score two or more goals. Which we know if they do that, they're in great shape. Yeah, their chances go to, way to up to win. Man. You know, still a game or so in this Stanley Cup Final, but going forward, just got to find a way. Well, yeah, and now you have to find a way to to win this game three no doubt no doubt or or, or it's over yeah once you go three three games down it's nearly impossible to come back now we touched on this the the last time we talked hockey but the canadians overcame a three to one deficit in the first round to the toronto maple leafs which got this incredible hot streak here in the playoffs going for them but as you just stated, it's certainly hard to come back from down three games to none. Yeah, it doesn't even matter the sport; just whatever it is, you you don't want to be in that three zero spot, especially against this team that's the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions. They're back for a second straight year. They've been here, done it. They have the experience. They know what it takes to get it done and, and, and to win a championship, and you certainly do not want to lose game three. 
Do you think they got a shot to sweep it? Right now, it looks like they do, Chris. I mean, when you have uh, because goalkeeping like that, yes, and, and and scoring only two games so far, or excuse me, two two goals so far in this series is not. I'm sorry, it's just not. It's not going to get you back in the series, and it's certainly not going to help you beat this Tampa Bay Lightning squad in this Stanley Cup final. So the series, of course, shifts to Montreal. Which helps a bit. That, that'll be a little bit of a help for Montreal. Oh, no doubt. And I'm, I'm sure that city, that crowd is going to be fantastic tonight because game three is tonight. I know it's... <laughs> We we said this the 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 last time, but Montreal is going to be lit. Oh yeah, with it, it's going <laughs> to be absolutely bananas there. So I I look forward to a a great game three tonight, and I expect Montreal to steal one tonight okay. and, and get and get back in this series. Okay. At least. Hopefully so. I mean, I hope they make a, a good series out of it. And you and I were just talking before we started. It'll be nice that this will be the main thing to watch tonight. We're not right. swamped with other things as well. Yes, yes. College World Series is over with now. And we've already had one team that we're fixing to discuss here in just a little bit. Advanced to the NBA Finals. Right. We're waiting on another team. But... Now there's only one more game and, or excuse me, one more series going on in 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 the NBA mm-hmm. conference finals, and so yeah, the 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 main main game tonight that you're most looking forward to is this game three of the Stanley Cup final. It's going to Montreal where the Canadians are hosting their first Stanley Cup game since 1993, year wow. after you and I were both born. Wow. And I, I'm I'm with you. I think that the Montreal crowd will be loud and make a difference. And I think the team will be in desperation mode. Yes, I think they'll sneak out a close one. Same here. At home same here. I, I I feel I feel the same way, Chris. And I'm sure I'm sure they've watched. I mean, I'm sure they've watched Vasilevsky a lot seeing what what they can do to get things going more offensively because once again they're definitely going to have to do it if if they want to get back in this series and really start to uh give Tampa Bay something to 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 really really look at and say okay these guys are not to be messed around with so Looking forward to a great game three, in my opinion, tonight. And we'll see if the Montreal Canadiens can get back in this series. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, you mentioned the other you know, sports we have going on. Uh, one of the things that closed out was college baseball. We knew that yes. today we, we'd know who the champion was. Right. And... Mississippi State turned it around. We that first game Vanderbilt won. We talked about it. wasn't a close game. That big first inning though, right? It, put yeah. it away. They got it all in that first inning, except for that one home run. And but Mississippi State 
they came back and they blew out games two and three. Yes, dominant fashion. So just, you know, jubilation for Mississippi State country, their first national championship in any sport. Yes. Which is just, uh, I think there were two other Power Five schools before, uh who hadn't won That's right. a national championship either. You have to forgive That's me. Right. I, I don't remember what they were, but uh, they're no longer on that list. They're not. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, kind of interesting point here I want to make. Not that long ago, it was just a few weeks ago, Ole Miss won the the women's golf championship. Sure did. Now Mississippi State. Now, uh, I'm not trying to equivocate here because – I know that college baseball gets a lot more viewers than women's golf, but that's pretty cool. We've got two championships this year within the state of Mississippi. So, uh, congrats to Mississippi State and <laughs> congrats to the SEC. I guess more oh, yeah. more SEC domination, which we knew that uh, SEC would win this one way or the other. But uh, yeah, yes. Mississippi State wins two out of three to take down Vandy. The only the only real complaint I have about this series was there wasn't a single close game. There was not. Yeah, everything was a blowout. And it had me reminiscing of the Arizona Super Regional. Oh, oh yeah, that's As right. you and I talked about last night, getting everything ready for the show today, where blowout game one, blowout game two, blowout game three. Yeah, you feel good after that that game one if you're an Ole Miss fan. Yes, and then yes. just get blown out the next two. But man, that last game for State now that was just pure domination. They scored nine runs. Vanderbilt gets one hit and, and three and, errors, and, and they and they only got that one hit with one out in the eighth inning. Yeah, <laughs> what a complete performance from that Mississippi State team. Uh, you know we're Ole Miss fans, so. Uh, it it goes without saying. I I guess we're we're probably a bit jealous, you know, seeing Mississippi State win. But man, they just uh, I can't fault them. They showed up to play. They were ready. They did. And uh, uh, there's a whole lot of state fans around here who've never seen their their university win something like this. So and baseball was their best opportunity oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. After the after. The way Ron Ron Polk built the program, built the program success to where it is today, and John Cohen started to get things back going for Mississippi State when he 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 came he came up just short in 2013 against UCLA. Yeah, this is so they they have they. They've they've been knocking on the door. Yeah, I was about to say this has been a long time coming for them. It has been. They had been knocking on the door for quite some time now, and Wednesday night they finally broke broke through it. And you called it early on with their with the setup they had. This was a good year for them to do it. It lined up yes. well for them. Yes, it. I I knew they were on the right side of that portion of the bracket. We we certainly wish that NC State would have gotten a fair shot. Yeah, that more more so of a fair shot. But Mississippi State somewhat 
has saved scrutiny of college ba- college baseball and the NCAA. That's true. So NCAA is it's got to be got to be pretty happy right now. Breathing a little sigh of relief with with all this this stuff going on about um, college players can be compensated now. And of course, the NC State debacle as well, but but yeah, I mean, I knew that state would go to a reliever that they completely trusted out of their bullpen to to do a spot start in game two, and that was Houston Harding, who actually is a former ICC Indian. Oh, okay. He pitched for the Indians for two years at ICC, and he was he was incredible for him. Oh, yeah, he, he came out great. And they're able to, once again, keep that Vanderbilt offense at bay, which I'm I'm sorry, but they they struggled mightily. Yeah, they they scored everything in that first inning of that first game, pretty much, and were so quiet after that. Right, and we touched on it time and time again when are they going to get it going offensively and that was really the only time that they that they showed us anything because in this NCAA tournament the pitching is what propelled them to get that far for sure and where you're when you're holding teams to uh two or less runs then you know that Vandy's got it in the bag if they're able to just scratch scratch a couple of runs off here and there. But they, they certainly struggled offensively. Yeah, and I mean, last I was about to say, because the thing is, when, you, when you're when you only down by two or three runs, you force the other coach to make changes yes. that can make a big difference. You know, if there's a starter who's doing good, but somebody gets on base, he might pull them out and bring out a, a reliever that you end up hitting well off of. Now, I don't know if that would make a difference in game three because Bednar was just Oh, he's fantastic. And then they, six, okay. six innings of no-hit ball. Right, and then they bring in Sims after that. I mean, that's but that's they, all, that's all, they, you, they that's all need, you wrote. They didn't need Sims, though, because they've got it in the bag, and we, we knew Vandy was struggling mightily on, on, off, on the offensive – offensive end but but still i mean that's <laughs> but it, i mean it, 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 it was it still it was still yeah absolutely it was still good to see lamona say hey big boy you you were part of the reason that we're here just <laughs> go ahead go ahead and close this thing out and win and win, win our first national championship ever well, I know for a fact that state fans are going crazy over it. So, oh yeah, but but you knew you knew in that game three, and I predicted this as well. I predicted a Bednar Rocker showdown in game three. You knew Mississippi State had to get to Rocker early, and they did. Yeah, I was. That's. I was just hoping that 
you know, with with Rocker on the mound, it would be a, a close game, but but State didn't fool around. They were they got to them early. It was their year. It, it was just it was their year. They did not falter after that disappointing game one loss. They came back to the ballpark and absolutely proved why they're the national champions. Yeah, looking back, the the toughest time they had was Texas. That was their biggest. Texas gave them a fight, pardon the pun. That was. was (laughs) Fight Texas fight (laughs) stuff that their fan base says. Yeah, but But yeah, that was their closest, closest they got to getting taken down. Which makes me wonder if uh, if and Texas two, had two, gotten into this, if they could have right, pulled it out, but. right? And that, but that that Mississippi State run in Omaha was just incredible. With being no hit in the eighth inning against Virginia, down four to nothing, they come all the way back and win that ball game. With I mean, a late rally for the ages, and then the. They're getting beat three to one in that winner take all or winner moves on game, I should say, against Texas. Getting beat three to one, and they come back, win it in the bottom of the ninth on a walk off. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of baseball magic going so, on in that series. With for all, them. Exactly, with all of that going on, you just knew that this was their year. This was their time. After after so after so many years of being oh so close, they find they finally got it done. And as I as I have stated before, this was their best opportunity to to do it for sure. Because, like you like you said, a little bit ago, Chris, everything just lined up. Well, and the key is, as much as we're talking about, it lined up well, and it felt like their year. On top of that, they did their part and executed. They did. And it didn't lay back at all. They did, because they they knew they knew exactly. In games two and three, they had they had to jump on Vandy early, and they did that. Yeah, they did it well, and it's just unfortunate. I was expecting. At least, at least two of these, at least two out of three games, I should say, I was expecting them to be pitchers' duels. See, that was the obvious. I mean, I was with you there because. And then State's bullpen has just been so great, or, or excuse me, they were so great for them. Yeah, we felt like the State bullpen was better, but that uh, Vandy's starters. Would keep them in. Oh yeah, and because give them a chance. Because that that's the only reason, Chris, that they were playing for a national championship. Other than, other than of course NC State coming down with COVID. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. But jinx. You you, cer- you certainly hate it because we'll never we'll never know if NC if if NC State. Would have went all the way. Yeah, we'll obviously, never know. Obviously, on paper, Mississippi State is the clear favorite there. But oh no, that, that NC State team had such they magic did. going on. It, it would have been two teams coming together with yeah. some magic going on in their yeah. in their postseason. 
man, that that could have been no matter who won, that may have been a much more exciting It would have been three games. Two it would have been games. because the bull the bullpen the bullpen, of course, is, is was better for NC State than it was for Vandy. And those two teams kind of kind of copycat each other. They, they they play they play very similar to where they they pitched it well and they were just scrap, scrappy on offense, you know, extending at bats, make, making the opposing pitcher work, getting some clutch hits here and there. But I certainly still would have picked Mississippi State because same. I just I just knew going into this College World Series that this was their best opportunity, and with everything lining up the way that it did, that's why I picked them, and they ended up going all the way. Yeah, they 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 pulled through, and uh, jubilation in Mississippi State country. But how about Chris Lamonis? This is this is just his third year. Yeah, at the helm for Mississippi State, he's taken them to three straight College World Series. Well, and they've had a lot of coaching changes in the past ten years that they've had to. Oh yeah, work through. But yeah, he hadn't missed a beat. Phenomenal hire by John Cohen for sure, and he has. He was the one that that finally got Mississippi State over the hump and. Pardon the pun. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great point there. I didn't even think about that till you said that. But, but yeah, he's just he's one of those he's one of those coaches that that you know that that does that, and sometimes you have to you have to move on from from certain coaches that have had great success but they they really haven't gotten you to the point where you are definitely knocking on the door for a championship and 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 to where you certainly have the team to do it and you're able to push all the right buttons and get your guys to believe well, yeah because, because they're you know they're nine innings away from from losing yet yet another national title opportunity there. Well yeah, that's the key. Build and solidify a culture and then make the do what you have to do to just get there every year. Like you said, the past three years they've gotten there. Oh, since he's been there, he's so if you get there every year, chances are one year you'll you'll play like you need to you'll get hot I mean, oh yeah you have to get hot in that at the right time yeah. in the postseason in college baseball it's just how it works and you'll have the the right matchups and the 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 way to get there oh yeah and i'm not even saying that that's not to say they got lucky or anything but i mean every year the winner of the the champion the championship in in college baseball it's a combination of Playing their, one of the playing best their teams. best baseball, yeah, playing your being playing hot your at the right time, and and having the right, just the right stuff right going. Mixture, yeah, right? and th- that worked out for them this year. So, I mean, 
I can't speak for J Mike, but uh, me as a Ole Miss fan, I, I'll say congrats. Yeah, to congratulations Mississippi State. to Mississippi State for sure. Yeah, and I, I I also picked them because this was their third straight College World Series appearance, and they they had they had the most experience. Oh yeah, out of out of any of the teams other than Vanderbilt, but. You you third time was a charm. Yeah. At the end of the day, the third time was the charm for Cl- for Chris Lamonis, and Chris Lamonis is outstanding in both departments, recruiting and coaching. So, give credit where credit is due. Give credit to his players for not for not backing down when they got absolutely slaughtered in Hoover at that SEC tournament. Oh yeah. Just got yeah. beat down by Florida and Tennessee. And and we're we're two and done just like that in Hoover Which and they, out of the SEC. That tournament. gets you a chance to rest at least. And that's my point. I don't understand, you know, all of the whining and stuff about because I have an opinion that you 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 need to get in Hoover and you need to get out because you're playing for much more coming up well if you're one of those teams that south carolina has proven that too yeah south carolina played in three straight college world series finals and they did not have a deep run in hoover yeah if if you're a team that doesn't have anything to gain then yes i I know it depends on the situation sometimes it's you might need to and you knew knew mississippi state had the pitching to win it all yeah mississippi they did mississippi state didn't really need to go deep, obviously they they could just do whatever and be oh, fine. Oh yeah, and and I'm I'm sure Chris Lamonis. I mean, because he he was absolutely confident after losing to Tennessee and getting out of that SEC tournament. He he was absolutely confident. He he said, "Okay, we're more than likely going to get a national seed," and he's like. I will have these boys ready to play. They will be ready to play, and boy, were they! Definitely were they. What a well of a season for Mississippi State! And but yeah, just give credit where credit is due. He he had them ready to play after that disappointing, the disappointing outcome that they had in in Hoover at the SEC tournament. Yeah. And they they closed it out this year. So, con- congrats to that team. And absolutely, yeah. And uh, absolutely, what what a what a remarkable run that they had, that they truly had. They did. All right, well, let's move forward. More postseason play. Move on to NBA. I, I guess we'll start with man, the Suns. They just how about that blowout? Speaking of blowouts in college baseball, they <laughs> they blew out to finish yeah. that. That series. Yeah. Both in the same night, I might add. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, 130 to 103 yeah. final in that game over the Clippers. Yeah. Just outstanding offensive performance by the man that had yet to get over the hump and, 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 re- and reach somewhat of the highest pinnacle in, in the NBA playoffs, and that was the man CP3 himself, Chris Paul, with a 41-point, eight-assist game, seven of eight from downtown. That is, that is red hot. Incredible, yes. And 
speaking of which, red hot after going ice cold 0 for 9 in the previous two games of that series for Chris Paul. Well, and that's why, I mean, this goes back to what he, we were he talking about. Up quick. I mean, obviously it worked out for them, so we can't really secondhand yeah. coach here. But I think that's why sometimes these players that come back maybe ease them. Off back, the bench. Yeah, exactly. Off of the bench. Because obviously he was ready to go for this game. Now, I understood campaign's injury in the game that Chris Paul came back had to force Monty Williams' hand to, to playing CP3 a lot more, which I understand yeah, that's that. that's true. You're right. But in my opinion, bring the, the injury – the, or excuse me, the guy that's coming back from injury, bring him up off the bench because you certainly had to come up with a different lineup. You were making your adjustments as a coach. So obviously you've already played a game or so without that certain player. So you've you've at least developed some kind of a chemistry with that different diff- different offensive or different lineup in general and then just kind of rotate him back into that chemistry yeah like you know you had most of the season just kind of bring him back in but yeah yeah yeah. but yeah it definitely forced monty williams's hand to to play chris paul a lot more in that game because campaign was out for the rest of that game after that injury but even still it worked out phoenix just dominated chris paul went off so, and and what what I absolutely love, Chris, is he played six seasons for the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, Game Six was at the Staples Center, where he played those six seasons at. Time and time again, there were unfortunate collapse. In, in, in the playoffs for Chris Paul and those Clippers. He's able to go back to L.A., have the playoff game of his life with his head coach in Phoenix that was his first coach when he first got into the league and Monty Williams when they were together in New Orleans on the New Orleans Hornets at that time. Right. For, before they came, the Pelicans. Yeah. But he has the game of his life. He si- he silences his doubters that, that doubted that he would ever reach this highest pinnacle that he, he's gotten in, in his career to this point which is his first NBA Finals appearance. Which is just crazy to think about. Because he's played, he, he's 36 years old, and this is his 16th season in the league. And for, for, him, for him to just constantly hitting those three-pointers down the stretch of that game. Well, that was basically him saying, I'm this getting in these t- finals. Yeah. 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 And this is this is my this is this is a great opportunity here and I'm not I'm not going to let it slip away from me this time. 
Yeah, not only is it an opportunity for him, it's an opportunity for that organization in that city. To win their first NBA championship in franchise history. And speaking of 1993, Chris, we've got the Montreal Canadiens. This is their first Stanley Cup. All right. Finals appearance since 1993. This is the Phoenix Suns' first appearance in the NBA Finals since 1993. We're going so back. How about that? We're, the early the 90s are back, y'all, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, me too. Because you you and I both are 90s babies. And, <laughs> Let's do it. But yeah, we got. I mean, 1993. Stand up. <laughs> because it feels like we're back in 1993 right now for yeah. sure. So. I mean, that's going to be fun to see them in the finals. It uh, sucks for Paul George, who had such a great postseason. He's he's out of it now. But speaking of uh, Paul George, I've got his final playoff stats. Okay, yeah. Showing how much of a, a turnaround that he's had. 26.9 points per game. 9.6 rebounds per game and 5.4 assists per game. He showed out when he when he needed to with that Kawhi Leonard injury happening. Right. In the playoffs unfortunately and we'll, we'll never really know what could have happened for the Clippers had 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 he not have been hurt. But Paul George is back ladies and gentlemen. Paul George is back. And that that was just an, an incredible run run by him. And it comes sure. to a, it comes to a close now, but it's good to see him do well. Oh yeah, for but the there Clippers. was no there was no stopping Chris Paul the other night no. from from getting to his first NBA final. And and I yep. also loved it, Chris, because he he's just he's just red hot. He, he's feeling it, man, and he knows that this is this is his time. And he's hitting shot after shot. I remember there were a couple of timeouts on the court, and he's just fired up. Like, yeah, how about me now? What about me now? And now he and the Suns get to sit back and see who they're they're going to play against. They can take stock and see. So speaking of that, uh, Milwaukee – Took that three to two series lead last night when they won 123 to 112. Yes, they did. Uh, game always felt pretty pretty good for for Milwaukee. Never really was. Ne- never was in doubt. In doubt. Never yeah. was in doubt for sure. Of course, Trey Young did didn't play for a second straight game due to that right foot injury. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Was out with that hyperextended left knee yeah, injury. Man, more injuries. It's just, it's, it's so just, frustrating. It, it it's been a it's been unfortunate on, on the injury side. And and let me go ahead and tell you, these are the players that have all missed game time in these playoffs due to injury. They are James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers, of course. We just talked about Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, Kawhi Leonard of the L.A. Clippers, we just touched on as well, 
Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks, Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz, and Kimball Walker of the Boston Celtics. It's just a what a list. And I mean, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this because I want to discuss this, you know, the the playoffs. But I've heard some discussion that possibly one reason why we've had so many of those injuries is because you know they started this season so soon after the delayed finale of last season because of covid oh yeah and i think if i remember correctly the season for nba didn't end until august yeah it was really late and then they've got that quick turnaround and they come back in november yeah so i've heard some people say that they think that could have led to at least some of this increased injury oh yeah situation that we've had some food for thought yeah and but you knew you knew the NBA needed to finish their season in, out, out in the bubble. They were so close. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They, and they and you knew there was a lot of pressure on Adam Silver to keep the season going that way that there could be an NBA champion at the end of it all. Really the only thing I think they could have possibly thought about doing different was having some slightly abbreviated 2021 or you know 2020 2021 yeah. season maybe could have had a start a little bit later but still finish at the same time oh yeah yeah I mean, yeah I, yeah just just fewer games yeah, yeah regular fewer season games, games. yeah that's maybe the only thing they could have considered that i can really think of that would have made sense and and, and also uh, uh, another thing that i liked it but it also ended up hurting the NBA in these playoffs for the play-in games. That's right. Yeah, you had, more you, games. Had, you had four. You had four play-in games, like three to four play-in games. So that, which it feels like you have enough teams making it to the NBA playoffs to begin with. Yeah. Now, now, for for granted, none of those teams went far in the playoffs but going back to the point that we just made you wanted a fewer amount of games and that that just added more to the season yeah but uh but but, yeah uh back to milwaukee here they're firing on all cylinders they are playing excellent as a unit they are they had they had five players Combined for 111 of the 123 points that they scored last night, which is just so impressive. And of course, it all started with the coming out party of Brooke Lopez. Yeah, how about that? A 33 point night, 14 of 28 from the field, seven rebounds, and four blocks. He stepped in for Giannis in, in Giannis's role, big time. They fed him in the paint. He attacked the paint. Well, and he was actually even better than that. He was 14 of 18 from the field. 14 of 18. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, uh, looking here, I'm, I'm, I'm checking the well, box my, score my fault on ESPN. On that. But, yeah, I mean, that, that even goes to your point, though. That's that's solid right there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes, it is. And, of course, that was Brooke Lopez's – playoff career high in points so he certainly stepped up 
in Giannis's absence in a much needed time in a very meaningful game for these Milwaukee Bucks. Also, Chris Middleton, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. Drew Holiday with a very nice bounce-back game with 25 points, 3 of 8 from 3-point land, and 13 assists. How about Bobby Portis stepping up as well? 22 points, 9 of 20 from the field, and 8 rebounds. That was also a playoff career high in points for Bobby Portis as well. So two key cogs that Mike Budenhoser, the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, certainly needed guys to step up and career nights out of Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis to really go along with the the, the tandem of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and it was very nice to see a bounce-back game out of Drew Holiday in in a game where they they needed guys to step up, as I just said. But also coming into that game, you knew Atlanta stole one in game four, yeah. for sure. And I... I they did, and I was just about to say it's going to be tough for Atlanta to beat Milwaukee when they're playing that solid. Cause yes, that's just an incredible night from Milwaukee. Now it does go back to Atlanta. Now it does. So do game you think six. you think they're going to be able to push this to a a game seven? Not without Trey Young, in my opinion, Chris. Yeah, that that's they, a huge. They're blow. going. They're going to need Trey Young if at all humanly possible, in game six. I just don't see it happening. And I'm looking for Milwaukee to to close this thing out Saturday night, 7.30 on TNT. Okay. I'm kind of – I'm feeling similar to you, but I'm really hoping Atlanta can can sneak out another win here and push this to a game seven. Now, let me be clear. I do think Milwaukee will win this. Whether it's in oh, no, six no, or seven. No doubt, because if, if this thing does go seven, I just want to point this out. After last night's win, they're seven and one at home in the postseason. Wow. Home court advantage. Their only loss was in this series to Atlanta, what? where Atlanta stole one and get back in all the way back in game one. That's right, yeah. But obviously you're gonna need Trey Young in game six to get this thing to a game seven. But I wouldn't put it past Nate McMillan, who's done an incredible job coaching in these playoffs to make adjustments, especially with Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis having the career nights that they did in the paint, getting their buckets that way. It's just Atlanta doesn't have size to match up to those guys, but I'm sure he's going to figure out a way to, to, to slow down their points in the paint from, from, from really getting Milwaukee comfortable in, in that way, because we, we, we know, we know they've, they've got that outside shooting presence in, in Middleton and, and holiday. Yeah. They've got to find some way to break that cohesion that they have going on. Yes. And that's tough 
I mean, it's one thing to try to shut down one or two players that are showing out. Right. That you're going up against, but to have to find a way to break into that unit. Yes. The way that the Bucks have been playing. Yes. It's going to be a tall order. They got a chance, but oh, it's they, be they tall do. They order. do because at Atlanta, Atlanta had a hot shooting night in Game Four. That's what's going to take, and that, some hot exactly some really hot. That's how they hands. stole Game Four in Atlanta because they had a hot shooting night from them boys, Herder Bogdanovich. I know Gallinari stepped in, but yes. Obviously, they're going to have to keep up with Milwaukee by shooting the lights out of the basketball in game six, or else we're going to see a repeat performance from last night, and Milwaukee's going to end this thing in six. But they they definitely need, they, they definitely want and need their leader, Trey Young, out on the court, but They've got to be they've got to be better defensively in the paint. Keep Milwaukee from from getting getting their points that way. To where it it, it sets them up on the perimeter. So I expect Nate McMillan to make adjustments. It's just gonna be up to the the players to, to execute. Execute and, and take the challenge. Yeah, and I mean, we say this every episode. I feel like, but I try to think of another word, but I can't. We we know how how scrappy of a team Atlanta is. So, I mean, who knows what they'll be able to do? Oh yeah, and I, I'm sure I'm sure they're going to give they're going to give. Of course, Nate McMillan's going to get every ounce from his team. That he can, and they're going to give Milwaukee everything they've got in this game six because their season's on the line, and they know that. Oh, and yeah, Nate, Nate McMillan was preaching that in the locker room after the the game last night. And 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 in these playoffs, they have they have responded every single time. They have. They've been so. Uh, and and the good thing is they're going back home. So it's just, it's just like we said. Making those adjustments, accepting the challenge that's in front of them, going out there, executing it. But they obviously are going to have to have another hot shooting performance like they did in game four in game six if if they want to take this thing back to Milwaukee. And, and then and then who knows, maybe maybe you get both Trey Young and Giannis. That would be back back on the floor. That'd be so huge. More, you know, of course, more so Trey Young than Giannis, because we're not sure Giannis's timetable of, of of coming back. Yeah. But, but yeah, just, just, just do, just do what you have to do to get this thing to seven. But yeah, they're they're definitely going to have to continue to be. The team that's 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 given everybody fits in this Eastern Conference part of these playoffs, which is just being scrappy and fearless like they have been all throughout it. And hopefully, if nothing else, they'll give us a a good game to watch this weekend. Oh yeah, and I'm 
I'm I'm bake I'm banking tomorrow night that at- Atlanta will give everything they got out on that floor, and we'll we'll just have to see what happens. But Atlanta is certainly not going down without a fight. No. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to see how they how they perform. Oh, real real quick, Chris. Oh yeah. Before we end our segment on the on the NBA on the show today, something that had been going on for quite some time a unbelievable streak has ended and it ended last night well excuse me not last night but but the night before last when the suns eliminated the los angeles clippers okay but it involves the big diesel himself shaquille o'neal oh yeah all right i'm interested and here's here's the streak shaq had a former teammate streak of uh, former teammates of his, right, making making it to the NBA Finals. Oh, okay, okay. That streak ended at thirty seven years. <laughs> wow! Oh my gosh, he almost made it to four decades. It's absolutely crazy, but it was because Rajon Rondo of the Clippers, ah, uh, yeah, was eliminated. And so, so with Man. that happening, that amazing streak has ended, and we all know that streaks do come to an end at some point. But man, just what a crazy streak that that was! That's incredible. So I just wanted to touch on that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh yeah, I I, I saw that the other night and. I, I had forgotten about it, but when it popped up, I'm going, oh man, I, I've got, you know, I've got to bring this up because that, that was just incredible. And I, I always like to see how long that streaks are going to be extended to and how long that they're going to last. But certainly when it, when it ends at some point, you just look back and say, wow, at how amazing that that ended up turning out. So I, I just wanted to... Well, and it's also cool to see, like, the the web of, like, which players were where and, and oh, yeah. who were, was with who. Th- those those webs that kind of go back and, and now branch out... Uh, or I guess a tree would be a better example, but you know, yes. like the 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 way that uh, uh, players and coaches and teams have worked with each other, and and how those relationships and sometimes dynasties can yes extend further into the future than you expect. Absolutely, and and, and credit Shaq with his not only his knowledge of the game, but his championship DNA. That he that that he's able to 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 teach and, and and to really put upon the the younger players that came after him, but that's just incredible. After, <laughs> of course, it it's going on while he's playing, but just 
how many how many years it kept going after he finally retired. Yeah. yeah. How it just how it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And so just credit the big man, the big diesel himself, Shaq. Yeah, and the good news is don't have to worry about missing him. He's still on TV. That's and right. And even if you don't watch him on the the pregame show, you'll yeah, you'll see him on the commercials the or all over the place. So he's still with us, and he's just uh, yeah. He 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 was he was my favorite player when I started watching basketball. When I started to keep up with it, and and I, I still I, I'm still a huge fan even even to this day. But he 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 certainly he certainly is the guy for sure that got me into basketball. He's real fun to watch and still fun to watch to this day. Oh, yeah. He absolutely hilarious. Like, I know last night before Inside the NBA went off, he's doing the uh, the uh, fire marshal character that Jim Carrey used to do on In Living Color uh, <laughs> while he's wearing that, you know, that sea captain hat or, or whatever. Uh-huh. And he, he, he's just, he is just a guy that, has a great personality and, and can make you smile and laugh and while also being being a dominant hall of fame player in the nba yeah so props to Shaq and his playing career that in some ways extended to this point it's and, incredible. and it's took you know he he is I I know he he's made an impact and and has touched so many players that that he's been around uh, their careers and their lives so so credit credit the big man and but yeah I just wanted to bring that up Chris because I, I I forgot about it but that had always fascinated me but that streak has now come to an end at thirty seven. So well, yeah. Thank you for letting us know. And you know what? In some ways, I'll kind of count that as a shout out, in a way. Oh yeah. And, and speaking of which, yeah, I, I've got a couple of shout outs I want to do. Uh, they both happen to involve NASCAR. So if you'll uh, indulge me for a few minutes, now some older news. This was announced a while ago, but Jeff Gordon is leaving the the broadcast booth with Fox. He's going to be vice chairman at Hendrick Motorsports, which is a pretty good gig to have if you haven't been watching the sport recently. Uh, so That team has got it going on for sure. Yeah, so he's second in line there. And there's been speculation for several years now that you know, when Hendrick decides to put it up one day, Jeff Gordon might take over that team. And I think this oh, wow. makes that all the more likely. Uh, and along with that, Chad Knauss is there right now as uh, competition director. I, I believe that's the okay. specific term. Uh, or he's in charge of competition. So yeah. it's just a whale of a team that Hendrick has built up there. And if Gordon sticks around to stay in control when the big man Hendrick retires, he's going to be taking over a well of an operation that has resurged this year in a big way after a few years kind of in a bit of a lull before last year. They've, they've come back the past couple of years. Now the other shout out will be to track house racing overall. 
Justin Marks has just done an amazing job building this team from scratch. Uh, he brought on Ty Norris as uh, general manager, and Ty Norris worked with DEI and Michael Waltrip Racing back in the day, and now he's back in a big way with Trackhouse. Later on, they brought in Pitbull to for some funds. Yeah, so that like that was the first surprise. No one expected Pitbull to <laughs> invest in a NASCAR team. And yeah, that's then, that's great though. Yeah, like him and Michael Jordan and Camara, Alvin Camara, the Saints get getting involved in NASCAR, like we talked about on yeah. Tuesday's podcast. There's a lot of new blood coming into NASCAR, which is really exciting to see. And Trackhouse is just a different team all around. Like they're put under an umbrella of Trackhouse Entertainment Group, and they're based out of Nashville. So it's like an entirely different sort of culture coming into the sport. But their big news this week was just completely out of left field. They have bought Chip Ganassi Racing, which is just. I mean, I've been watching the sport since the late 90s, and Chip Ganassi has been an owner almost since then, since 2001, and he was like a part owner before that. He was involved, but he wasn't complete owner. So he, it's just a, an incredible news story that no one expected. People thought maybe they were just announcing getting a charter or a, a two charters somehow, but no, they got two charters and a whole race shop and team and just everything from from Chip Ganassi. So shout out to Trackhouse for for moving forward and expanding. It's got to be exciting for Daniel Suarez. I'm I'm excited for him. I can't wait to see who their second driver will be. I think it'll be either Kurt Busch or Ross Chastain. I think either one of them would be a, a great fit. Kurt Busch would be nice for the veteran uh, status coming in. Ross Chastain is sort of an up-and-coming talent. It's just kind of, I think it just depends on who, as an owner, you feel fits your organization best, personality-wise. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Also, I mean, shout-out to Chip Ganassi. He's going to go focus on IndyCar and IMSA. Those are his, I think those have always been his main motorsport loves. And NASCAR, he won't say this, but it always felt like NASCAR was kind of his third in line there. And he had success in NASCAR, won several races, but never quite got the championship. He got so close in 2002 with Sterling Marlin, and he like broke his back and had to sit out for the rest of the year, and they didn't win the championship that year. But shout out to, to Chip Ganassi on a well of a career as a NASCAR owner. It's going to kind of suck to see him go, but I'm glad it's in hands that I think are exciting with the Trackhouse team and curious to see where they go for the rest of the moving forward in you know, the next several years. So, yeah, those are those are my two shout-outs, or three, I guess, technically, <laughs> if you include Chip Ganassi for the day. So some exciting news out of, out of NASCAR recently. Yeah, and if you don't mind, Chris, I'd like to do one more shout-out all right. of my own and I just once again I want to shout out CP3 Chris Paul okay, making it to his first ever NBA Finals appearance and a stat that 
I forgot to mention when we were doing our recap and, and discussion of, about the Suns-Clippers game the other night. Chris Paul in that first half scored only 10 points and was 4 of 8 from the field. In the second half, he heated up, scoring 31 points. Wow, yeah. Going 12 of 16 from the field. That was a career high in any half, including the regular season. Wow. Of this, this, right this, time to do it. Absolutely. And it just goes to show you how bad Chris Paul wanted it. How bad he wanted to get over the hump after so many times falling short. He finally gets to his first NBA Finals appearance after a monumental 41-point game where he was 7 of 8 from downtown. And and, and, and also kind of follow, following up the shout-out, those Phoenix Suns making their first NBA Finals appearance since 1993. And I just want to go over a few stats with you. The Suns' record before the bubble last season was 26-39. and 39. They had they had they had a four hundred win win percentage. Yeah. When they in, when they entered the bubble, they go on a undefeated run. They went eight and zero in the NBA bubble. And in my opinion, they got cheated out from the playoffs last season in the bubble. But you knew they had that chip on their shoulder going into this season. And you knew they wanted to prove why they belonged in the playoffs the previous year. And so they go out and they trade for Chris Paul. And that's saying we want to compete now. And that's that's exactly what they did, Chris, yep. going 51 and 21 in the regular season, getting the number 2 Overall seed in the Western Conference playoff. Their playoff record goes to eleven and three. Yeah, they're strong right now. They've had a gr- unbelievable playoff run here, going eleven and three, which has placed them in the NBA Finals. So just a a great turnaround for the franchise. But you know, but you knew where they 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 just came up short making the playoffs a year ago. You knew they had a chip on their shoulder. You knew they wanted to prove they had what it took to compete in this league. And they go and make that trade for Chris Paul, and things only only got better from there. And they've had a remarkable season. And last but not least on on this shout-out, Chris, is with the Phoenix Suns 
making the NBA Finals. They are once again competing for their first ever NBA championship. And with that, a part owner of the Phoenix Suns is Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald, who now has a chance to be a part of a championship of his own after just falling short in Super Bowl 43 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was too. Yeah, I was hoping they'd pull it out that season. So not only congratulations – of making the NBA Finals to Chris Paul, Monty Williams, and the Phoenix Suns, but congratulations to to Larry Fitzgerald as a as a part owner of the franchise. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I'd forgotten he was he was there. And so, if they if they get it done, like I'm starting to think that they can. I'm starting to think that this is this is their year then larry fitzgerald will will also be a first time champion and he and chris paul can look look at each other and say hey man we did it he's you know i i did it for my career finally finally became an nba champion but here you go man i I know you were so close in the super bowl and that so many years ago but same for that city as a whole so, that too, yeah. that, that too. So, just wanted to shout out Chris Paul, Larry Fitzgerald being a part owner, and those Phoenix Suns for making it to their first NBA final since 1993. Can't wait to see how how they do, and hopefully, this is their year, like like I think it is. But we shall see if they go on to win their first ever NBA title. All right, well, we're, we're nearing the end of the show here, but I can't forget about the random page of the day. And today it was very random, incredibly random. I went to Basketball Reference to choose today's random page, and it gave me everyone's favorite basketball player, Manuel Sanchez. Never heard of him. <laughs> he played in... Uh, Liga ACB. Let me see what that stands for. I, I believe it's a Spanish league. Let me check real quick. Anyway, he played okay. from 2000 to 2002, so he didn't play very long. <laughs> uh, yes, this is a, a, a league in Spain. Okay. The, the the Gasol brothers say hi, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Which, they're actually, they're actually going to compete for Team Spain in the... Olympics. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's appropriate. So how about that? Uh, brother and brother are going to team up Finally together. together on on Team Spain, which this this is this is more than likely going to be the end of of Pau Gasol's career as a as a basketball player. I'm going to hate to see him go. But how how about him going out playing alongside his brother for Team Spain in the Olympics? That's the right how way to do that, it. How about that, man? Yeah, that's the way to do it. For a- sure. After a remarkable career from from Pau Gasol so yeah I hope that I mean obviously I want Team USA to win but I hope that they have a good time and and push that oh team yeah pretty deep oh yeah yeah I, I yeah I definitely can't wait to see them two team up together finally after a trade that <laughs> 
involve both of them swapping teams, which actually changed the culture for both franchises down the road where the Lakers would go on to win two NBA titles with Powell Gasol coming from Memphis. And then Mark Gasol goes from the Lakers to the the Grizzlies and they, they start that grit and grind era, which was the best, best years of that Grizzlies franchise history where they, they made a Western Conference Finals. They just unfortunately went up against the buzzsaw and the San Antonio Spurs yeah. that ended up ended up winning it all. But yeah. but obviously that trade changed the culture for both franchises. So Well They're not only brothers, but they're edged in history forever. Yeah, they got trade yeah. With with, with two franchises that is but so. now they get to close out together so that's cool yeah and that's that, that's the way you want to see it but we can't forget about everybody's favorite spanish player uh he played both years for you have to excuse my pronunciation here i, I know some spanish but i don't know this spanish team gijon baloncesto i guess mozzabelli I do. Yeah, it sounds kind of Italian <laughs> the way I said it, but he played only four games for this team. Oh, my goodness. One in the 2000-2001 season, three in the 2001-2002 season. And in his career, he's, he scored a grand total of two points, <laughs> uh, both of them in that last season when he played three games. So Was this cat a starter? I can't. I, I sure he the heck hope not. I, he can't have been a starter. Uh, I mean, actually, yeah, he couldn't have been a starter. His field goal percentage. I mean, here's one positive: his field goal percentage was 100. percent So well, he tried one shot in his and career, and he made it. Never missed. <laughs> you know, this cat. Remi- this is the basketball. This is the Spanish basketball version of the dude in Field of Dreams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Moonlight Graham. Yeah, Moonlight Graham. Moonlight I was Graham. Trying to remember his name. That's it. He had all had, he, had only one appearance. All one he, one at bat. Yeah, all he wanted was to to go have an at bat and you know see what would happen. This cat, he got to play four yep. games actually, but he he got to do one shot and he made it. <laughs> so congrats to him <laughs> for that. That is crazy though. I mean, I don't know where you are. Nowadays, Mister. So, so he played. He played two seasons. Yeah, and just four games. Four games. Good grief! So I, I don't know where you are now, Mister Manuel Sanchez. I hope you've enjoyed your. I hope you're having a great life. I, I hope he found. I hope he found something other than basketball for yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I, I'd have to imagine so. He, you know, you know what? He probably he probably should have got with uh with, with Pal Gasol. To maybe, maybe, maybe help his game out. <laughs> Let me get, see what get him get him to tutor him. I didn't look and see what position. Why don't I look and see what position he was? Let me see. It's really not telling me. Is it not really known? <laughs> it's not telling me a position. Or he could have gotten Manu Ginobili from Argentina, Argentina that had the. Great career with the San Antonio Spurs to to help him out, cause that's just yeah. I'm afraid I'm not 
Crazy, man. I'm not finding his position on here. Oh, my gosh. Well, the team he played for in like the, the year he scored his two points, they finished six wins and 28 losses. Good grief. And, yeah, they don't really have their positions on here. This is an international league, so there's not as much you know information yeah. on here. Which is why I just wanted to to ask you if if he was a starter because uh, yeah, he, you you could you, just just going off of what you have just described to me about his stats and whatnot, you had to realize that the team he on he was on absolutely sucked. <laughs> yeah, he yeah like he he only was only on four games in those two seasons, so I don't know what he did the rest of the time. He he must have. Obviously, I don't know the full story, and it's almost impossible to find. But he may have, you know, there may have been some injuries or something going on where they needed to bring in somebody to to kind well, of make up the difference. They certainly needed somebody, but so that's I, not going to get it done. I guess he was just kind of a body on the bench that they brought in. And hey, he got his two points. So there you go. <laughs> yep, that's our very very random yeah, he, page of he the day. He didn't have to build a basketball court and hear a voice that said if if you build it he will come yeah no basketball court <laughs> in the cornfield yeah, right <laughs> kind and, and then kind of going back in time you know mm-hmm. to to finally have his have his moment so to speak no so yeah hope you're having a hope you're enjoying your life manuel sanchez well we're at the end so, we're going to close it out. What you looking forward to, J. Mike? I am looking forward to this Game 3 of the Stanley Cup final tonight between the Lightning and the Canadians. The series now shifts to a lit, raucous <laughs> Montreal Canadian fan base and city i'm sure it's going to be very hype tonight in montreal quebec canada and it's a game that i look for the canadians to win a close game and to get back into this series with a chance to tie it up in in game four quite possibly so i'm very intrigued by Game three tonight between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. All right, yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm of course looking forward to that NBA to see if Atlanta can hold on, stay in this, force a game seven. Yes, they're going to get. They're going to give it their best shot. We know that. Yeah, and I know, you know, everybody else is going to be watching that too. But another thing. For the first time, the Cup Series is at Road America, which is a long, four-mile-long road course up in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Go Packers. <laughs> Cheeseheads. So I'm looking forward to that. Road course should be fun. Uh, can't wait to see how it goes. I'm hoping for a good race for my, for my boy Daniel Suarez. But that's this weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday. Yes. Where can they find you, J. Mike? You can add me as a friend on Facebook. My name is John Michael McBunch. And you can add me, or follow me, I should say, on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at J 
underscore mic check. Once again, that is at J underscore mic check. Feel free to add and follow me, and I will definitely follow you back. All right, cool. Uh, You can find the podcast at Sport Fanatics on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to follow us people on Twitter. Yeah, and I'm at Christopheles11, or Chris Topholes11, if you want to pronounce it yeah that pronounce way. it but <laughs> as to abbreviate yeah yeah that's how it sounds syllable or whatever you want to call it phonetics but that's where i am feel free to follow uh but yeah it was a fun sport week got another one coming up i'm excited for it so until next time adios have a great weekend guys